wonderful sense of victory in this house this morning. The Lord is doing a deep work among us and it is our obligation to step into that. Amen. As I mentioned Wednesday night in those moments where God begins to move, it is our obligation to just step into it, to lean into it and let the Lord work. I do feel a word on my heart today to share with you. And, and, and I'm telling you, God is speaking to us in this service today. If you come here with a need in your life, if you come here with something that you need done in your life, if you need a breakthrough, I have a word for you today. And I'm telling you, God is confirming it with His Spirit. Someone is going to leave here today different. Someone is going to leave here today changed. Someone is going to leave here with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. Some of these historical books that tell so many wonderful stories. And in the books of the kings, you have wonderful stories of not just kings, but the life of the nations of Israel and Judah and the prophets that stood alongside them. And I want to read one of, from one of those stories today. 2 Kings chapter 7. It's good to see a great number of people in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are coming back, getting back to normal. Amen. It's good to see you all in here this morning. And uh, I was recapping the last 18 months with our leadership team this past weekend. Of course, last in 2020, March 15, we shut down our services. And uh, we, uh, we went... Uh, online until Pentecost Sunday, which was May the 31st. And then we opened up and then because of a spike, we shut down again. And then we opened up again. And when we opened up that second time, we were all of us together in this place wearing masks for 42 weeks. I don't know if you recall 42 weeks, but it was a long time. And now, of course, it's up to individuals. But I'm just saying, look how the Lord has brought us back. Look how the Lord is working. Look what the Lord is doing. I'm telling you, there's not a thing you go through that God can't get you out of. Praise the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 7. I just want to read verse 2 verses of chapter 7. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a seah, that's about a third of a bushel, a third of a bushel of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. That's a little less than a dollar. A third of a bushel of flour shall be sown for both 75 cents and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And I want to, I'll just stop with that verse there. I want to preach to you this morning on this topic and I feel that witness of what we're feeling already. And I want to preach to you this morning simply this, the revival of a lost cause. The revival of a lost cause cause. If you came in here today feeling you're a lost cause or you have a lost cause or you know a lost cause, I'm preaching to you today about a God who can revive a lost cause. If you believe that, would you give him praise again? Would you lift your hands and voices? The Lord bless you. You may be seated. This is one of those fantastic stories in the Old Testament that, that, that we read about seeing the hand of God work in the lives of his people. And one of those stories that challenges us, it encourages us. 
And just like when you read the gospel stories, the question is when you read a Bible story, where do you put yourself in the story? Jesus talks about a rich man, a Pharisee, maybe rich, maybe not, but a Pharisee and a public and a sinner praying. And the Pharisee, you know, is contrasting himself. The publican is there on the, you know, just beating his chest saying, God, I'm not worthy. You know, I'm, I'm no good. I'm a scoundrel. And the Pharisee is standing with a loud voice saying, I'm thankful I'm not like this man. Now, we get to read, the, we get to read that. Where do you put yourself in the story? Rarely do you or I say, well, I'm the Pharisee, right? We always take the more noble route. Oh, I'm that humble publican. When you read these Bible stories, you have a choice on where to put yourself. And the challenge is to read them and to hear them without bias and to allow the chips to fall where they may. And to allow the Word of God to speak to you. In this story, the Syrians... That was a, a rival nation to the nation of Israel. The Syrians had besieged the capital city of Israel, which was Samaria. They besieged that city, and basically the inhabitants of the city were locked inside the city. Imagine this. These cities are walled. They have walls around them for fortification. They have walls to protect them. But those walls also turn into prison walls. And they're besieged by an enemy and they're locked inside the walls of their city. Fortunately, the walls of the city are holding. The walls are protecting them. They have been able to spare their lives and they've been able to withstand due to the safety of those walls. But the Syrians had laid seed to the city and the Syrians had actually used the Samaritans' wall against them. They would not let anything come in that city or out of that city. And so what was built to protect them actually became a barrier from the outside world. And so there they were, they were locked inside, nothing came in and nothing went out. That's all fine and good as long as you have enough food and as long as you have enough water. It got to the point though where there was no food, there was no water, there were not the basic essentials and necessities of life. And I won't take the time to read the whole story, but it got to the point where a donkey's head and a cup of dove's droppings were a prized delicacy for dinner. You can read about it in the story. People actually had resorted to cannibalism. In fact, in this story, you can read where there's a dispute between two women. The two women had gotten together and agreed, today we will eat my child and then tomorrow we'll eat your child. It had gotten so desperate that it was to that point. And after eating the one child, the second mom refused then to offer up her child. And there was this conflict. It's all in this story. Circumstances in this story had deteriorated to the point to where literally things could not have gotten worse. By any definition, this was a lost cause. The enemy was more powerful than they were. The enemy had soldiers and horses and weaponry. The enemy had unlimited ability to wake them out. The enemy had access to supplies. The enemy had access to food. And they were locked up with no resources, no supplies, no food. There was no help. It was only a matter of time until they starved to death. This was a lost cause. But in this context... We have the passage of scripture that I read to you just a moment ago. And it simply says this. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. 
in the midst of the direst of circumstances. Even a lost cause is no match for the Word of God. Even a cause that has no human possible exit to it is subject to the authority of the Word of God. The Word of God can penetrate into the deepest, darkest night that you may live in. The Word of God can go where nothing else can go. The Word of God has the ability to get through where nothing else can get through. There's no circumstance that can resist the Word of God. There is no inability on your part that can make the Word of God in effective in the worst of times. The word of God came to Elisha the prophet. I want you to know that you are never beyond the all-seeing eye of God. They were at the point of desperation. They were at the point of giving up. But what they had forgotten, there was a God in heaven that saw every move that they made. There was a God in heaven that knew the gates were closed. And he knew the Syrian army was there. You may have wondered if God has forgotten. You may have wondered if God has turned a blind eye. I tell you to day he has not forgotten and it's bad and it's dark and it's dismal as it may be there is still a God in heaven who sees where you are and there is a God in heaven who has your lost cause in his hands and if he sees there is hope today there's a story in the Bible it's actually a psalm it's written by a man named Asaph Asaph one of the songwriters of the Old Testament wrote many, many songs to be, sang, to be sung in the worship in the tabernacle or temple of God. Asaph was a righteous man and sang songs, but these psalms, as we have learned over the years, these psalms are very transparent. These psalms are very realistic. One of the things that's fascinating when you begin to study the psalms is that you realize the number of psalms that are laments are more than the number of psalms that are praised. Why? It's the honest, raw feeling experiences of human beings trying to grapple with circumstances and reconcile that with their faith. It's people who have run out of hope and people that have run out of opportunity and people that have run out of answers bringing that turmoil to God and saying, God, where are you? God, do you see? God, do you hear? And in Asaph's psalm, in the 73rd psalm, you can read this, that Asaph, his feet almost stumbled when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. When Asaph saw that life's rules don't seem to apply to wicked people. And when he saw that there are some people that can do what they want, I am righteous and yet I suffered. I pay my tithes and yet I can barely pay my bills. I'm trying to live for God and things aren't working out. And my pagan neighbor doesn't care about God. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't live for God. God, and he gets prosperous and seems to be blessed. Asaph struggled and wrestled with these things. But the Bible says that Asaph went to the house of the Lord and he got understanding. He left the house of the Lord with a renewed understanding and perspective. It's because the word of God brings clarity to our lives. You can struggle all week and come in here and in a moment you can feel the word of God beginning to take root. I want to encourage you today. If you have a Bible, read it. If you can come to church, get here. There is a power in the preached word of God. Get beyond the rhetoric. Get beyond the preacher. You don't even have to like the preacher, but listen for the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it can get into your life and separate between your thoughts and your intents. It's the word of God. The word of God is powerful. The Word of God is strong. The Word of God corrects and it guides. The Word of God is able to nourish and strengthen us. 
I'm reminded of another prophet, Ezekiel. This is just a, a vision that he had. It's not a historical thing that happened, but it was a vision. God showed him Israel's army. And he showed him a vision of Israel's army. And Israel's army in this vision was just dead, dry bones. What is the meaning? The meaning is simple. The army had died a long time ago. The army is only a small portion of what it used to be. There's no hope in this. It's not just a graveyard. It's a boneyard. There's nothing to work with. In fact, the bones had been disjointed from one another. The hip bone was here and the thigh bone was there and the rib cage was here. It was hopeless and dry and desperate. And God tells Ezekiel or asks him, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel, being a man of wisdom, says, I don't know, but you know. And then God speaks back to him. And God says, preach. Preach. Talk to the dry bones and speak the word of God to them. And when... In his vision, he begins to prophesy. Something begins to happen because there is power in the word of God. Can I tell you this morning, it may seem hopeless and you may not have hope in this life, but while the preaching of the word is going forth, dry bones can live. Dry bones can live. Your life can come together again. Your healing can begin to happen. Your miracle can begin to unfold. You can have vision reborn in you. Hope can spring alive again. I preach faith and hope to you. The Word of God is powerful. The Bible tells us that in this story of Samaria, you read it, Samaria is an absolute lost cause. There is no hope. There is no answer until they hear the word of God. You may come in here week after week, as so many do, and there are some of those weeks where you bring your lost cause. But once you connect your lost cause with the word of God, it becomes transformed into something that is totally different. There is no cause that is so lost that it cannot be revived by the power of the Word of God. There is no situation in this building that is so far gone that it cannot be restored and renewed and made alive again by the power of the Word of God. Samaria was a lost cause until the Word of the Lord came to them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I want to encourage you this morning that as the Word goes forth, let it sink into your spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith ultimately just boils down to this. God has said some things. Do you believe it? God has said He's for you. Do you believe it? God has said He'll heal you. Do you believe it? God has said He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Do you believe it? He has said you don't have to have fear, but He's given you a spirit of love and of a sound mind. Do you believe it? God has promised that though you are forsaken by everyone else, he will never leave you or forsake you. He has promised that the righteous nor their seed will ever be left begging for bread. Do you believe it? I want to encourage you today to grab hold of the word of God and to believe in the word of God. 
when a blind man came to Jesus for healing, it seems to be one of the ways Jesus operated frequently. There's a man he can't see. He comes to Jesus. He wants to be healed. And when he was come to the house, the blind men, they came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord, we believe. And then Jesus touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your ability to be able to appropriate and grab the word of God, so be it to you. Let your life be commensurate with your ability to grab hold of the promises of God. May your life be equal to the faith you have to believe God for his promises. Sometimes you've got to take a risk and believe God. It seems like a risk in the human realm, but it's really no risk at all. The marriage supper that was going on in Cana at the beginning of Jesus' ministry seems to be the first recorded miracle that we have of Jesus. Jesus is at this wedding feast, and they run out of wine. And Jesus is told by his mother to fix the problem. And he tells her, no. And she turns to the servants says, do whatever he says do, and she walks off. And Jesus does the miracle. Now, Jesus tells them to take the water pots and turns the wine into water into wine. He tells them to pour this out. This seems to be the foot washing water. Okay? They have customs that you wash your feet when you come in the house. You're, you're on dusty roads with sandals. And, and, and the, 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 the tradition is you got this water. You're not drinking that water, okay? And it's almost as if Jesus is saying, Mom, if you want to play snark, I got you. Watch this. And Jesus turns the foot washing water into wine and the young men there pour it out. At some point, you have to take a risk on what Jesus says to do. And you can, you can explain it all the way as, well, this is the dirty stuff and this is the foot washing water and I'm not touching that and this is not useful. But if Jesus says do it, at some point, you've got to take a risk that what God says is true and if you'll follow through on it, your life is going to be changed. Some of you are wondering if you have to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost or not. You're wondering if you have to speak in tongues or not. You're wondering if you have to be baptized in Jesus' name or not. I just want to challenge you to go ahead and be obedient to what the Word of God says. You don't have to understand it for it to be true, but if you'll obey it, God can move in your life and transform you in ways you don't expect. Faith is simply responding to what God has said. The Samaritans are inside the wall. We're starving to death. We're eating animal parts. We're auctioning off the droppings of birds for food. And some people are eating their kids. And you want me to believe that by this time tomorrow, there's going to be plenty of food. I know it sounds crazy, 
But just try to believe. Some of you have equally impossible situations. And I know it sounds crazy. But just try to believe God. Just try to believe this. If God said it, you can count on it. God has resources you don't know about. Let me tell you the rest of this story. The Samaritans are definitely a lost cause. But sitting outside their gate is another lost cause. There were four men with leprosy that were part of them that had been moved outside the gates of the city because of their skin condition. And because of their disease, they were put outside the city. Now think about it. If the people inside the city don't have enough food, the people outside the city get what's thrown over the gate. They get the leftovers. So if the people inside the city are a lost cause, the people outside the city are the lost cause of the lost cause. You see how that works? And these men outside the gates of the city finally got the notion, if we sit here, we're going to die. What would happen? Just what would happen if we went over to the Syrian camp and asked them for some food? The worst thing that could happen is that they would kill us. It would be sudden, nice, and over. If we sit here, we are going to starve to death. And the Bible says that those four men began to make their way to the camp of the Syrians. And God got involved. And as these men are walking on their way to the Syrian camp, the Bible says that God begins to amplify their footsteps. And it sounded like a great army. And the Syrians were terrified. They heard the cadence of thousands of soldiers. And they thought, surely the Samaritans have hired help. And surely there's an army coming. And the Bible says the Syrians fled. And they left their food. And they left their riches. And they left everything. And the four leprous men went through the camp and spoiled it. And went back and told the rest of the people, look what we have. Now... Some of you may feel you're in the middle of a famine today. But I want you to know that God is not limited to what's inside the gate. You feel that you have all the components. And inside the fence of your life, there's not enough answers. But God's not limited by the parts and pieces you have. See, here's how God works. You're inside the city starving to death, but God's got another little plan over here that you don't even know about. You gave up on those four leprous men years ago, but God didn't give up on them. And while you're in here starving to death, God's over here massaging a little plan. You're over here fretting. There's impossible situations. I can't pay the bills and I can't get along with my spouse and my kids are acting all crazy and I don't know what to do. And little do you know, outside your house, God's over here working on something that you didn't even know was going 
going on. And God takes this lost cause and he wins a victory for this lost cause. Can I tell you when God gets ready to intervene in your life, when he gets ready to interject a miracle into your family, it is not impossible. But God can revive a lost cause. He can bring hope to a lost cause. He can bring life and hope and renewal to anything he chooses to. Why don't you lift a voice of praise and give God some thanks in this house. Some of you are feeling like you're barely surviving and you are ready to throw in the towel and you are desperate by any means and you are feeling like walking off the set. Some of you can't seem to break bad habits and get victory over things in your life and living for Jesus gets just monotonous watching other people have victory and some of you have nearly given up on your miracles and your dreams and your hopes and your callings and some of you have nearly given up on those lost loved ones in your life but I'm here to tell you today that God is able to revive the lost causes. God is able to revive what we have given up on. God is able to fix what we don't have enough pieces and parts and resources for. He is able to move in another realm. I'll give you a little example. Obviously due to COVID and various circumstances, we, we, had, we had planned to, 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 to build out some spaces in our building, not because we like to build, but because we want to do ministry. Our chapel and our kitchen and uh, I'm dreaming about a children's ministry space and some of these things and all of that got put on pause. Right. Little did I know there's a business in town that's very interested in this campus. We're not selling it. I'm not saying that. But they're very interested in what's going on here. And we've been in talking to them and negotiations with them. And they basically have a lot of money. Now, I'm not sure how it's going to work out. But we've been talking to like big numbers. Like numbers with commas in them. Because when God gets ready, when God gets ready, he can revive a lost cause. He can revive a lost cause. Can I tell you to have faith in God today? Can I encourage you to believe God for a miracle today? Don't give up on your family or your calling, your loved ones. Don't give up on revival. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on Austin. Keep believing. Why? Because God can revive a lost cause. Hallelujah. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking we don't have enough to work with. You're right. But God knows where other lost causes are. And and don't be surprised if the stuff you wrote off, God doesn't use to bless you. See, some of you have already decided what can bless you and what can't bless you. Yeah, I'll be just real specific. Some of you have already decided what songs and singers can bless you and which ones can't. Some of you have already decided which preachers can bless you and which ones can't. When you quit putting handcuffs on God, you might get a miracle. 
if you would let God be God, God can revive the lost cause in your life and he can use unlikely circumstances. God is not limited by our preferences or our resources or our bank account. When God says it's time, I'm telling you it is time. Like Brother Zach said, he steps out into nothing and he starts creating. When God gets ready, he says there's light. And when he gets ready, he says there's seas and oceans and fish and cows and he forms man. Why? The will of God is able to trump the circumstances in your life. I want us to stand and give God some praise together right now. I feel the faith and hope and expectancy in this building today. Come on, would you lift a praise to him right now? Would you lift a shout to him right now? God can revive the lost cause in your life. I wouldn't trade church for anything. I wouldn't trade this for anything. It's a beautiful story from Scripture. There's one character in the story I need to tell you about. There's one man in the story I need to tell you about. There was a man in the story. And when he heard this prophecy, he started rationalizing. And he says this. So an officer, this is a leader type, okay? It's not a peasant just hanging around in the city dump. This is a guy of authority and influence and experience. He's been around. And the man with the experience and the man with the connections, an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this be? He's like, come on. You know, you know as good as I know. It would, take, it would take a literal window in heaven for God to provide what we need. We've been hungry too long. The enemy's been too strong for too long. We don't have it. And the word of the Lord came again to this man. And the word of the Lord says to him, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes but you shall not partake of it. The next day, the four leprous men do their thing. They come running back to the city and they tell the city and there's an uproar and everybody's excited and they're rushing out of the city gate to see it. And Mr. Righteous Man here with all the experience, the legacy member, standing in the gate. The Bible says the rush was so hard that they knocked him over, trampled him underfoot. He saw it with his eyes, but because he didn't believe, he was trampled. What if, what if he had just believed God? What if, what if he could have just had faith? What if he could have just said, I got nothing, but if God wants to do it, let him do it. When God gets ready to move, no one can resist Him. I want to just 
conclude by saying, I want to just conclude by saying, you have nothing, absolutely nothing to lose by trusting God. You have absolutely nothing to lose by saying yes. I feel victory in this house. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, you've been through struggles, but the battle is almost over. I want us to pray together. Would you bow your heads and lift your voices? Lord Jesus, I'm praying that even now that the Word of God takes root. I'm praying now that your Word finds fertile ground. I'm praying that even now that somebody says, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. It's a lost cause, but I believe it. It's a lost cause, but I believe it. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to lift your voices to Him. If you have a need in your life, would you begin to pray to Him right now? If you have a need, would you begin to pray to Him right now? If you have a need, would you, would you begin to accept that victory, that miracle into your life? Oh, hallelujah. I feel that victory sweeping across here. There's faith. It's rising in the hearts of individuals right now. Hallelujah. If you need a miracle, why don't you come to the front if you feel safe doing so? If not, you can stay where you are, but don't use that as an excuse. If you feel safe, why don't you come to the front? If you feel like there's a lost cause in your life, I'm preaching to you today. There's a God who's able to revive that. If you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't care how long you've been seeking it. God can fill you today if you'll open your heart. You need a miracle of healing, of deliverance. You need a, a healing of a spiritual wound, a, a physical, emotional wound, whatever it is. I'm telling you, He's a God that can revive the lost causes. Maybe your calling, your ministry, your dreams, your ambitions for God have gone on hold and maybe the flame has gone out. I'm telling you, He is a God who can revive lost causes. Would you respond to Him right now? Come on, respond to Him now. That's it. As you come to the front, would you move around so people can come in behind you? That's it. Move up. Slide around. 